Hello Flyers fans. So normally I would be bringing you checking out the competition, but we have got a special emergency episode that I have so creatively decided to call checking out your new general manager <laughs> because the Flyers have, of course, formally announced that they have signed Chuck Fletcher to a contract to be the general manager of the Flyers for the foreseeable future. And so I thought, who better to ask about Chuck Fletcher than our friends at Hockey Wilderness? And so I am joined by Tony Abbott, who is one of the writers over there at Hockey Wilderness. Tony, how are you doing? I'm doing real well today. That's good. That's good. So the first thing that I wanted to ask you is obviously the whole reason that Chuck Fletcher is available to be our GM is because he got fired when he was your GM. So I'm kind of wondering when he was fired, was it met with like a sense of relief from wild fans or were you guys disappointed that it happened? I think there are uh, some people that were disappointed that happened. I don't know if you know the, uh, the evolving wild twins. Mm -hmm. uh, they're real big in the stack community. They were, uh, they were pretty disappointed with uh, with Fletcher leaving, but I think the general consensus around the fan base was that uh, that it was time. Okay, you know, I, I think you could look back at Fletcher's tenure, say like, yeah, you know, that was fine, but things had run their course, like it it does with uh, with coaches. I, I think the same thing happens with GMs. You, you yeah. don't really see GMs last like twenty years anymore. No, yeah, it seems like all these guys have a shelf life at this point. So then, so it got me wondering like, okay, so we all had a lot of frustration towards the end of Ron Hexall's tenure because we didn't think that he was doing the things that he should be doing to move the team forward. Stuff like bringing up kids or making trades or, you know, firing the coach, whatever. There was a lot of, you know, consternation among Flyers fans because Ron wasn't doing stuff. And so I'm wondering if there was something in particular that you think that Chuck Fletcher failed to do during his time with the wild that sticks out to you. Yeah. I, I think the big thing was that he wasn't able to bring in uh, a, like, I don't know a impact player, but like the impact player, like he was, he brought like over his tenure, like, you know, you, you know, the wild, they have, uh, they have uh, players on their team that, that are very good, perfectly fine players. Um, in the uh, in the fold right now, um, you know Matt Dumba, Mikhail Granlin, uh, recently bringing in Eric Stahl. I, I don't know if that's fair to call players like that not impact players. Uh, Zach Parise and Ryan Suter when they got them, um, but I, I don't think they were able to bring in that like that difference maker. Overall, uh, you had a team that was built by him that would often have a lot of difficulty scoring. Mm -hmm. And despite going out several times to try to find someone to bring in that sort of easy goal scoring, uh, like a Thomas Vanek, maybe most notoriously, yeah. um, it it didn't work out, um, which is probably good news for you because, you know, you have guys on, on the team like that, like uh, like uh, Claude Giroux, who yeah. is probably a top 10 player, uh, maybe overall in the league, but certainly at his position. I think it, I think if Sean Couturier isn't a top ten center, then uh, then he's certainly in that discussion. Yeah. So I, I think that you guys have um, Shane Gostisbehere, Ivan Provorov, high end defenseman. Um, I think you have that talent base that Chuck Fletcher wasn't able to assemble uh, built in. So um, maybe that bodes well for you. I I, I would hope so. 
Yeah, so that kind of leads me to my next question because I think the biggest worry that I have about Chuck being the guy for us now is that just kind of looking over his history, um, our friend Charlie, who works for The Athletic now, who's on our podcast, he had a tweet this afternoon that said something about how Fletcher is a safe choice. He's not really a guy that swings for the fences, but if you aren't swinging for the fences, then you're not going to have a big dramatic strikeout. And I get what he's saying there. But like for me, it seems like Fletcher was always trying to swing for the fences, particularly at deadline time. And I just worry that he's going to be a guy that tries really hard to make a big move and like, you know, goes for that name just because that's the name that's out there. And then we end up trading a bunch of assets for somebody that's not really going to help move the team forward. And do you think that's like a fair fear to have about him or am I overblowing it a bit? I refuse to let you talk about Martin Hansel that way. <laughs> um, I, I think that that is, uh, that is a concern. I, I think another thing that, uh, that you kind of have to know in the context of Fletcher's time with the wild is that, um, is that he, uh, ended up, uh, signing pretty early in his tenure, uh, Zach Parise and Ryan Suter to those, uh, those infamous $13 million or thir- not million dollar, 13 year, $98 million contracts. And, that sort of always put a clock mm-hmm. on on Minnesota's competitive window. And uh, so, you know, like you, if all that was available at the deadline was uh, Matt Molson or Martin Hansel, he didn't really have the option of saying, oh, well, I better wait till next year yeah. to uh, to try to uh, pull the trigger on a, on a deadline move to make it to the playoffs. So, I think that was part of the problem was that he uh, he always had these sort of ticking time bombs of um, okay if uh, if Parise and Suter uh, start declining in a couple of years uh, same with Miko Koivu who's actually a year older than those two you know uh, if my core goes then that's it for me and yeah. I don't think that he has that problem in Philadelphia so uh, he might be able to be a little more patient there but. Yeah, if he goes in there and he's starting to throw around like a second round pick for like whoever this year's equivalent of Chris fuck oh, I don't know if I can swear. Uh Chris Stewart. Okay. I'm uh, pulling in favor of bad words. Okay. Uh if if he decides that he's gonna throw away, you know, some second round picks in order to get this year's version of Chris Stewart or Matt Molson, um, or make a huge uh, package together for someone like Martin Hansel, who's you know a perfectly fine player, but not an impact guy. Yeah. Um, then I would worry, but um, I uh, I don't know. I, I I suspect that he'll be a little more patient this go around. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. So far, you're kind of calming me down a bit, which is good. Um. So yeah, let's get to the good stuff. What would you say are his biggest strengths as a general manager? Uh, I was trying to think about this, and I think the best things that he did um, was he can be a very shrewd uh, general manager, and uh, and buy like he has a he has a nice little history of buying low mm-hmm. on uh, on players. Um, Eric Stahl is a really great example of that. Um, you know, uh, I mean, Stahl looked done uh, that spring when he was traded to New York and, and saw time on the third line. And uh, and really uh, sputtered out in the regular season playoffs after the uh, trade deadline uh, for the Rangers. Uh, he looked absolutely done, and uh, and he was uh, rumored to be asking for like I think five million dollars a year, 
and Fletcher like swoops in and gets him for 3.5 over three years. And uh, so far, I'm pretty sure Stahl is pushing 80 goals in yeah. uh, two seasons plus. Uh, so uh, something like that. Um, Nino Niederreiter was traded for, uh, or he traded for Nino Niederreiter for the uh, low, low pick or uh, price of a third round pick in Kel Clutterbuck. Yeah. Um, Jared Spurgeon, a really good defenseman for them, uh, was picked up off the scrap heap earlier in his uh, his career. I'm um, trying to think. There's Oh, Devin Dubnik, of course. Devin Dubnik uh, was traded for a third-round pick. Um, so he uh, he can be – I don't know if it's luck necessarily. A, a lot of those things, like if you look at it um, through, uh, especially in the later years when they uh, brought in the War on Ice guys, mm-hmm. um, uh, like, so it, it, it could be luck, but you know, you could also look at it that and be like, oh, okay. Like there's some like analytic type magic going on there. Yeah. So since you brought it up, um, that is kind of like a, a big thing that we've talked about a lot as Fletcher's name has been kicked around because obviously I think moving forward, we would all like our teams to focus a bit more on the analytic side of things. Um, right now we have a coach who seems only to care about goal-based metrics and we all out here in the internet world have learned ages ago that that's not really all that you should be looking at. There's other things that are a bit more important. So we would kind of like that kind of progressive thinking, I think, in our organizations. And the fact that he brought in all of those War on Ice guys seems promising. Is that something that we should be excited about? Yeah, I think so. Especially, I think, if they're interested in uh, in hockey podcasters slash bloggers, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. What I'm saying is we're available, Chuck. Yes, Charles, um, Mr. Fletcher, if you will. Both Please don't read anything I've ever said about you. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't said anything that bad yet, so you should, you know, give me a call. But Not with that attitude. <laughs> so, so I would say really the absolute biggest problem that Flyers fans had with Ron Hextall is that his patient approach to player development seems to have turned to stubbornness towards the end. Um, obviously, he got us a ton of really good prospects, um, both in juniors now and in the AHL. And I think this year, especially, we kind of expected that we wanted to start seeing a lot more of these kids, or at least seeing these kids get more of a fighting chance in like training camp and stuff. And he just seemed hell bent on giving these guys as much seasoning time as possible in the AHL. Um, What would you say is Fletcher's approach to young players in the system? Um, I think it, I think his thinking is that if there's a need uh, and uh, he thinks the players are reasonably ready, uh, he will uh, promote them. I mean, some of that is because um, Minnesota was up against the cap. You haven't asked me about uh, Chuck Fletcher's weaknesses. uh, Spoiler, uh, that guy could not manage the cap in Minnesota. Yeah, I noticed it worried. That's the other thing that worries me a lot because that's the one thing that Ron did really well is we have like so much like more cap space now than I think that I can ever remember the Flyers having. So I am a little bit nervous about a super spendy guy getting in here and just blowing that up real fast. But I probably would be too. I I mean, uh, uh, you know, we'll see. But um, so uh, there there was more of a need for younger, cheaper players to come in. Uh, as for like having them uh, like being patient with them, mm-hmm. I, I think that kind of depended on his coach under Mike Yo. Um, uh, under Mike Yo, uh, players like Jason Zucker, players like Mikhail Gremlin had a, a real tough time 
uh, developing because they had a, a coach that was so uh, strict about uh, getting that defense stuff down pat before creating offense. Um, so um, I think uh, I think uh, knowing that uh, that Fletcher hired uh, Bruce Boudreau, who uh, who got those same players to flourish under him. Yeah. is good but also hiring Bruce Boudreau is kind of a no-brainer <laughs> um so like you just uh you just gotta hope that uh that your next coach isn't like I don't know I'm trying to think of like who would be like an apocalyptically I mean Mike Yo would be really funny in that sense um I mean I know he's available but like Randy Carlisle would be my nightmare oh god yeah <laughs> uh you 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 better you better hope that they hire a coach before Anaheim moves on theirs. Yeah, right. Speaking of, I'm just like totally off topic, but I think I heard somewhere that Boudreaux might be on the hot seat. Is that right? Oh, I don't know. I think that would be uh, where uh, where did you hear it from? Probably some random Twitter nonsense. Okay, no, I mean it's like, like you... all of my time, so I'm assuming it was Twitter. <laughs> no, 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 no worries. Um, I I. I haven't heard that, um, but I'm not, I'm hardly an insider. I'm just looking at people's tweets and shit posting like everyone else. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think if they did have Boudreaux on the hot seat, that would be extremely foolish. I think, uh, I think Boudreaux's really uh, propped up an aging team, maybe a little more. Yeah. Then, uh, uh, well, actually maybe not a little more than everyone else knows. Cause everyone, uh, everyone coming into uh, the season, was just kind of like, okay, like I'm really excited about like Winnipeg. I'm really excited about Colorado. I'm really excited about Nasha. And you, you should be, uh, I'm really excited about the blues, which you should not have been. Yeah. Um, and just kind of, uh, and I, I think a reason why Minnesota has been able to sustain that success is with, uh, with Boudreaux. So if, if they let him go, man, I, uh, yeah. I don't want to know where this team's going to go. Yeah, I mean, it would be extremely stupid, and it would make absolutely no sense. But then I'm like, well, Joel Quenville got fired, so who the hell knows what's going to happen? Yeah, again, I think uh, I think what Quenville was there for nine years. Long time, yeah, than. yeah, long yeah. Time. So, so I think uh, I think that's more reasonable to say that he ran his course as opposed to Boudreaux, yeah. who's been there for two plus seasons. So, just to throw a question at you that I didn't let you prepare for. Um, Minnesota is one of those teams, I feel like, who's always been in the mix. They've been competitive. They've never been like a basement team. They've always been sort of good. But a lot, and that's a lot like the Flyers. Um, And just like the Flyers, you guys have never made it over that hump and gotten a Stanley Cup. Um, Why do you think that Fletcher was never able to get you guys all the way? Um, I, I think it was, huh. I think some of it was kind of bad luck. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like when, when you're picking in the top 10, uh, like, uh, like Fletcher was um, earlier uh, in his tenure um, with, uh, with guys like Jonas Brodine, with guys like Matt Dumbo, with guys like Mikhail Gremlin, like, uh, like I said before, like totally good, respectable players. Um, but like, I don't know, you, you kind of want to hope that you get like, I don't know, a Mark Shifley out of that. Yeah. Like, like someone with, um, uh, who's, uh, I'm blanking. I was gonna, I was gonna bring it back to the flyers, like, uh, like a Provorov or, or a Couturier, um, yeah. you know, someone, uh, that you take with the top 10 pick that, that blows up, uh, that never happened. 
um, that team going into 2016-17, um, that, that playoff team, was as deep of a team as I, I've seen in Minnesota and certainly uh, one of the deepest teams, if not the deepest team in the NHL. Um, and then they got uh, they got absolutely um, goalied by St. Louis in the playoffs that yeah. year, lost in five games. That was a uh, that was really unfortunate luck. That team, I mean, if you look at the the projections and stuff like that, um, that team was uh, one of the favorites to go to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then next year, like it just so happens, the year that they have the deepest team that they have uh, that summer is when the expansion draft hit and the rules, you know, were geared to hit the deepest veteran teams. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was kind of rotten luck. Um, on top of that, um, Kirill Kaprizov is a guy uh, that they draft in the fifth round in 2015. And, uh, and he's absolutely blown up, but, um, but he has been dragging his feet to say the least to come to North America. Um, uh everything that uh that i've seen from that guy is just like pure skill and just like this goal scoring tenacity um but you know even with them uh even with fletcher and his staff making that kind of pick like that guy doesn't come over yeah um so uh, i i think some of it's bad luck um and yeah i don't know um I mean, I, I know a lot of it's luck, and I know that every GM makes bad moves. I just look at his record, and I'm like, oh, God, maybe I don't want all of that. Not all of that. Maybe well, and that, not all of it. And that's, uh, that's, that's fair, too. Like, he wasn't able to, to, do, to pull off, like, I don't know, uh, a Phil Kessel trade or a Ryan Johansson trade and, and get an impact person in there. So that was definitely a, a shortcoming of his, too. Like, he did make a lot of trades, but I think the best trade that he made was um, at, at least in terms of in-season moves, was Jason Pominville. Mm. And, uh, you know, no, no disrespect to him. Like, he scored 33 goals in a season uh, for Minnesota. But at the same time, like, uh, that's not, like, that's not going to change the uh, the face of your organization in the way that, like, Ryan Johansson did for um, Nashville or Phil Kessel did for uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um. So just to wrap it up here, how would you say, or what would you say, I should say, Flyers fans should expect overall now that Chuck Fletcher is our king? Should we be happy about this move? Should we calm down a bit? Is it all going to be fine, or should we start burning things? I am, and maybe I would have a different answer tomorrow based on how I think. Uh, I'm kind of, uh, I kind of go back and forth. With uh, with Fletcher's legacy in Minnesota, um, and I, I would say like this is a boring ass answer, but uh, just kind of be in wait and see mode, um, and, and that's not uh, that's not uh, that's not a fun, sexy, hot take opinion or anything like that. But you know, yeah. um, there's there's a good collection there. You guys are waiting for a goalie. Um, I don't think that he's. I, I joked about this on Twitter, but I don't think he's going to go out. And sign a uh, Sergey Bobrovsky and Semyon Varlamov to matching thirteen-year deals. Oh God! Um, I think. Uh, um, I I think that uh, that you guys have pieces there. I think that uh, that he um 
could very well step in and just kind of be patient with that and maybe try to uh, find a stopgap goalie uh, like he did with um, with uh, Devin Dubnik and uh, and sort of wait on Carter Hart. Um, and I, I think that really that's kind of what he needs to do, just like make sure that, uh, you know, just plug in a competent goalie. And uh, and I, I think there's a the real bright future ahead for Philadelphia. I really like their prospect pool. I really like their roster. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're all hoping for. And I think that's what Ron was trying to do with Brian Elliott and Michael Neuvert. But apparently both of them are made of glass. I only thought Neuvert was, but apparently poor Brian Elliott has also turned into glass. So I don't know if we could, I guess we, Ron should have seen that coming, but he didn't. And so now it's all a big mess. But yeah, I, I, a lot of people want Bobrovsky back, but like we got, like, I don't, he's going to want term and money and we got a kid coming. Like we can't have that blocked. So I don't know what's going to happen there, but yeah, this has been super enlightening. Oh, good. I, I'm glad you think so. Cause I sure feel all right. That's, that's fine. That's fine. I got to be confident. You got to be confident. Yeah. No, yeah. this was good. This was very good. And I hope that everybody listening learned a little bit about our new friend, Charles Chuck Fletcher who I'm sure we will be giving a lot of nicknames to. Um, woe be to the man who has the at Chuck Fletcher handle on Twitter. I think he's already being tortured by Flyers fans. So. <laughs> um, yeah, tomorrow begins the Chuck Fletcher era. Wait and see is really all that we can do. Hopefully you learned a little bit tonight. Tony, thank you again for joining me. Again, this is Tony Abbott from Hockey Wilderness. If you guys want to learn a little bit about the wild or if you want to read some stuff that they wrote about Chuck Fletcher when he was there, I did that today. There was a lot of insightful stuff there, so do that. Tony, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. All right. Everyone, take a breath. Wait and see. Go Flyers.